That's not part of the homily. <laughs> From the book of wisdom, the first thing we hear before the Lord, the whole universe is as a grain from a balance or a drop of morning dew come down upon the earth. The video that we just saw is a scale, all right? It shows us how big the universe is and how small it can get. Like we call that the micro on the small end and the macro. So if that alone doesn't scream to you about the existence of God, I don't know what does. Because like all of that does not happen by random chance. There's no way you can get all the way out to the known universe and find order on that magnificent of a scale. And there's no way that you can get infinitesimally smaller. So we were going in uh, powers of 10. Each time it moved back or moved in, it was 10 times bigger or smaller. And it still took us three minutes to go very quickly from all the way to from a human to the outer edges of the galaxy and then back down to quarks and back again, right? Like all of this beauty and this order screams of a God who creates. It tells us that God exists and we know that because of how there is order and beauty in creation that we can visibly see. But you can't get to a savior from seeing the galaxy. You can't get to a savior from a quark. You can't even get to a savior from viewing the human eye or the human person, right? Like we need something other than creation to tell us that we need to be redeemed. The God of the universe that made everything we just saw made you and made me. Not only did he make you, but he continues to will you into existence every single moment that you exist. If, for one instance, the Lord stopped having you in the forefront of his thought, you would not be here. Like one minute you're here, and then boop, gone. <laughs> the Lord forgot about you. That's how that works, right? Like you are constantly in the forefront of his mind as his beautiful creation and we know that because you are here, because I am here, because the world is here. But that doesn't mean that we're good, right? That we're on our own, that we're fine. We still need a savior. He loves us. He made us. We're good. We're beautiful. We ourselves encompass order. But we still need a savior. But a lot of times we can kind of... Uh, count ourselves out and say, no, I have this problem, I have that problem, I have learning disabilities, I'm too loud, I'm too small, I'm too soft, I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm too big, I'm too little. We qualify ourselves out and say, no, I, I couldn't, possibly, couldn't possibly be loved by the God of the universe. Like, he can love other people, not so much me. I am unlovable. We hear in the gospel today the story of Zacchaeus the tax collector, right? Like there was no one more hated back then than tax collectors because A, they worked for the enemy and B, they robbed people legally. I mean, they would just say, well, you owe 70 shekels, but uh, I'm going to make you pay 90 
and then they would keep 20. So everyone hated them. The Jews hated them. The Gentiles hated them. No one liked them. And so I'm sure Zacchaeus was like, man, I hear about this Jesus guy, and he sounds really cool, but, okay, first of all, I'm really short. It says he's short of stature. And second of all, he probably doesn't even want to see me, doesn't want to be near me, doesn't want anything to do with me. But you know what? I got to go see this guy that everyone's talking about. And Jesus picks him out. Now, because he's short, he climbs a tree. I mean, he's not a dumb guy. You know, like he climbs a tree and so he can see Jesus. And Jesus comes by and he says, okay, I need to change your life. Zacchaeus, I call you by name. Right? Like the Lord, the God of the universe called us into existence. He calls Zacchaeus. And he says, all right, I'm coming to your house tonight. We're going to have a meal. Now, a lot of times people like to try and explain away their own behavior by saying, well, Jesus ate with sinners and prostitutes all the time. Okay, that's true. Yes, he did. But he never left them there. They were no longer sinners or prostitutes by the time they were done eating. Right? Like Jesus took them in their shame, in their sin, and he moves them to a place of conversion so that they no longer want to do what they were doing. They're no longer able to qualify themselves out or disqualify themselves and say, oh, I'm not lovable, I'm a tax collector. I'm not lovable, I'm a prostitute. I'm not lovable, I'm this, I'm that, whatever. Whatever you can think of. Jesus says, that's great. I know what you are, but that's not what you will be. That's not what I'm calling you to be. So we see Zacchaeus has a deep moment of conversion. And he almost echoes the words of Peter. When Peter, in the boat with Jesus, he says, depart from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Zacchaeus has a change of heart. And instead of saying, look, I, I can't handle you being here, he's like, I know I've done wrong. Here's how I'm going to make it up to you. I'm going to give to the poor half of what I own. And if I, if I made them pay more, I'm going to give that back. So he has this big conversion, and he decides to change his life. Right? Because it's not just enough to have a conversion. Our conversion calls us to action. We are not just people who encounter Jesus and that's it. We are people who encounter Jesus. And then because he has changed our life, he has not let us stay in sin. He has not kept us where we were. We want to bring that to others. We have to bring that to others. Because otherwise we're not living our lives as Christians. And we're not fulfilling what Jesus asks us to do. So this weekend, you have had an experience of Christ. Whether you've known him previously, whether this was the first time, the Lord has spent with you this time and he has done stuff with you and in your hearts. Now it's up for you to determine what action you have to take because there's only two options. You can go back to your life. You can do what you've been doing. And you can look back fondly on this weekend and say, wasn't that a nice waste of my time? I learned some things. We sang some songs. There were so many snacks. <laughs> but ultimately, my life is unchanged. I don't really know this Jesus any better. And I don't think I really want to do that anymore. Or we can go back to our lives and be different. We can commit to prayer. We can stay close to the Lord in the sacraments. We can stop doing those things that we are bound to in sin. You've all been to confession here this weekend, so you're starting with a clean slate. We no longer have to be 
slaves to those sins in our past that constantly bother us. We can be different. Now this doesn't mean that you go into your school and you're like, let me tell you all about Jesus. Stop walking by me. I'm telling you about Jesus. Why are you pushing me, Pat? Right? Like, just go live your life as a normal person, okay? That's step one. But you can't remain the same. Jesus never allows us to stay where we are. We have an encounter with him and he calls us to action. He calls us to change. That change may be as simple as committing to a life of prayer. It may be as drastic if you're a senior entering seminary next year or entering a religious house of studies. But whatever it is, know that when the Lord calls you and you answer, your life is so much better than you can ever imagine. I've said this to you a lot this weekend, and it's because it's true. Your life is good, right? You can find happiness in things and stuff and people for a time. But ultimate happiness is only ever found in doing the will of the Lord for you. And it can't be a one-and-done decision. You can't take a shower once and be clean forever. You can't decide that I'm going to follow Jesus and then be like, well, I, just, I did that when I was young. No, it's a decision that you do every single day when your feet hit the floor. You say, okay, today I choose to be a Christian. Maybe yesterday didn't go so well. Tomorrow I've got a lot of hope and today is here. I can do it today. And then you just listen to the Holy Spirit and see where he leads you. So it's been a wonderful weekend. And we can bring you to the gospel. We can teach you about everything to do with being Catholic. But ultimately, we can't make that choice for you. All of the adults here, the sisters, myself, we've all made that choice. And we continue to make that choice. Now it's up to you.